Hello, and welcome back to NRI Woman, the show where we share the amazing stories of women of Indian origin living across the world. We hope in sharing these stories that you're inspired, learn something new, or simply know you're not alone in the struggles you face. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. Whether it's the first time you're listening to our show or are a returning listener, we want to thank you for choosing to spend this time with us. If you haven't subscribed to our show, please consider doing so. It will take you less than a minute, but will help us tremendously. And we have exciting news. We are finally on YouTube. Look for NRI Woman Podcast, or you'll find the link in our show notes. On our show today, we're chatting with Anu Sego, the founder and president of Culture Tree, a New York-based platform dedicated to promoting South Asian culture through educational and enrichment programs. Our identity is frequently molded by the mosaic of influences that surround us. And only through reflection do we truly grasp the impact of these influences on our lives. Anu has been fortunate to grow up in a tolerant and accepting environment that embraces a rich cultural heritage. So I uh, grew up in North India in a small town called Meerut, which is a cantonment. Uh, my father was in the Indian Army and my mother was a doctor. And we basically made Meerut our base because my mother's practice couldn't move, although my dad was posted to different places in India. And that is where I grew up. That is our hometown. So my mother is Muslim. My father is Hindu. And we basically were raised in a household which was quite tolerant, quite, um, you know, celebratory about any any religion, any castes, any classes that existed. Um, you know, for my mother, who is a very, she's a humanitarian, like she did a lot of work um, helping uh, underprivileged uh, patients because she's a doctor and really working in villages, um, for her, the main thing was doing well for everyone. And I think that really came through in our upbringing. And, you know, we used to celebrate right from the very beginning. We used to celebrate all festivals, whether it was Eid or Diwali, Holi, um, Christmas. We celebrated everything in our household as if it was, you know, a religion or a way of life that we followed. And I feel that's what that exists in India. There are subcultures. India is so diverse. People, you know, that don't know India, they think India is one culture, but it has subcultures. It has, you know, so many different ways of celebrating each and every festival also that, you know, we are we are barely scratching the surface when we are like really talking about India. But there is just so much that, you know, everyone can know about um, all these subcultures that exist in India and um, also celebrate them. When we move to a new place, we often try to adapt to its environment, sometimes unintentionally leaving behind familiar traditions and values. But then comes a yearning, a desire that resonates with so many of us to reconnect with our roots, our culture, and the traditions that shaped who we are. When I when I moved to the US, I used to, like I was too busy uh, assimilating. That was my goal for 
I would say, you know, when I was in the in college and then also when I was working, whether it was my accent, whether it was, you know, the way of life, like how Americans live, going and, you know, seeing all these beautiful um, exhibits. But then um, there was a turning point when I really, I realized there are aspects of the Indian culture that I missed. And that's when I started turning back to the culture. And, you know, I was I was going and seeing all these amazing um, exhibits or events that were happening in the New York City area. And, you know, I really enjoyed reconnecting with culture in a different way. And um, I also got involved with several organizations um, that were furthering Indian culture. And this is like, again, in my 20s, I was volunteering, I was having fun, I was uh, giving back in my own way while I was working um, in finance. And then once I had my own kids, that was a big turning point for, for me, because you know, there, there are so many things that I'd taken for granted until then, which just became so much more important. Um, you know, one of the key things was connecting my kids back to the languages. And, you know, I, I really believe in the power of languages and, you know, the impact it can have um, in lifelong learning. Um, so that's when I really... Um, started looking for programs within the tri-state area where my kids could learn Hindi and Urdu. And that's that was the inception of, you know, really kind of looking into programs and what was available. Um, I also wanted my kids to experience this uh, Indian subcontinent culture in a very um, kid-friendly way which I did not see. Like I, I was going to the Met, I was going to Asia Society and I was taking my kids, but they were more of spectators. And, you know, I, I believe that kids cannot learn just by being spectators. They really have to interact with whatever is around them to learn. And that's that was really the, the aspect that I was missing. We used to go to the Met. We had gone for this amazing South Asian um, exhibit and, you know, my 40-year-old was going through the gallery with me and just looking at the painting, paintings from far away and the sculptures from far away. And, you know, that was really the point when I, I said that, no, they have to, you know, touch and feel and the docents have to talk in, the, in their language. Um, and there is a lot of cultural exposure in, in this area. Uh, especially, and I'm, I'm sure in any big metropolitan area, but really how are we making it more kid-friendly was my quest. And really that happened once I became a mother and I was like, okay, I, I have to do something about it because, um, you know, if I don't, nobody else will. Leaning on her years of expertise in finance, marketing and brand building, Anu knew she had to do something. So, she took a bold leap of faith and created something that resonated with her own heart's desire, Culture Tree. This platform aimed to bridge the gap for many like her, parents who longed for their children to connect more deeply with their heritage. So the vision when I, uh, when I started the Culture Tree was 
really focusing on language education. And my goal was to, you know, expand to all the all the languages that are really in demand in the tri-state area. And we started with in-person classes. Like there was no, like five years ago, there was no uh, virtual classes that were happening. And, um, you know, we, we were doing classes in Hindi, Urdu, uh, Punjabi. And that was really like, that's how I started. I was like, okay, I'm going to become really big in language education. And I'll start with the tri-state area and hopefully, you know, I can license uh, my brand to different uh, metropolitan areas where there is an over-index or there are sufficient South Asians. So that was the initial vision. However, uh, you know, once once my program was well-respected within a year and we had a lot of enrollments, a lot of parents who really respected the organization and the way we were teaching uh, language, which is, you know, a unique way of teaching the the Indian American or Pakistani American or South Asian American kids. It's 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 we are ta- we are basically using not the traditional approach of teaching. We are really adapting it for the kids here. Um, but once we were respected, the parents themselves said, "Can you do a little more?" In fact, the first cultural program I um, did was because one of our parents. Um, she came to us, she was a board member at the Children's Museum of Manhattan. And um, she basically said, you're doing such a fabulous job with language education. Can you host their Eid program? And that was really the first introduction. It happened on its own. It was very organic. And I think that's uh, it happened because the, the parents really realized our value. And um, you know, that was the first program. It was called Eid Around the World. It was uh, attended by 1,000 uh, people in Children's Museum of Manhattan. And it was really a very successful start to our cultural programming, um, um, you know, journey. And um, it still is a benchmark for us because it was just so big. It, it got a lot of media attention. And we always go back to it as like an example. But that was the kind of start of how we started doing cultural programming. Language is a powerful bridge that deepens one's connection with their culture. It's not just about words. It's the heart of traditions, values, and stories holding the memories of the past and the echoes of shared experiences. Through language, one can better understand the cultural nuances stories and expressions that may be otherwise lost in translation. So the kids who are in my program, they are learning, they're learning the, uh, the language, but they are also learning very um, interesting cultural nuances. When they're traveling to India or Pakistan, they're experiencing um, the culture there and their heritage in a different way because they're absorbing um everything that is around them because they know the language, whether it is looking at a billboard, uh, watching an ad that is in Hindi or Urdu, whether it is, um, you know, interacting with their grandparents or their relatives. So that uh, cultural exposure goes to the next level when you know the language. Language is just the tip of the cultural iceberg. Beyond the spoken word, there's a whole universe waiting to be explored. Food, 
art, festivals, literature, music, and dance carry with them a piece of the cultural puzzle, telling stories and expressing emotions in a way that words alone often can't. Anu, the visionary that she is, recognizes the importance of this holistic approach to cultural connection. So the cultural programs, when I say cultural programs, yeah, it, it, it consists different things. So we have been uh, leading book tours. We have started working with authors and, you know, authors are representing South Asia. The book tours is a really big aspect of what we are doing. So we work very closely with libraries and the libraries are really using us as experts in coming up and curating books that are recommended for various um, focus areas that they have. So South Asia or um, the Asia Heritage Month or they have the World Literary Festival. So we curate books for them. And then we recommend authors. The second aspect of our cultural programs is really working with our clients in customizing what they want. So celebrating festivals is always going to be a big aspect of that. Um, so we just um, worked uh, with Hudson Yards, which is a really cultural, big cultural melting pot for New York City. It's one of the hottest properties that is um, coming up in New York City. And we executed their first South Asian um, program ever. Um, it was called Color for India. And what we did was we celebrated Holi, but we also did a fundraiser for um, COVID relief in India. And you know, it was celebrating Holi. We had our puppet show. The Culture Tree has uh, created several puppet shows, and it also included uh, Bollywood dance workshop, performance, dholi, and powder play. You know, people played with gulal. But from festivals aspect, we work with our clients. We basically say, okay, this is what we recommend if you want to celebrate a festival, and. Um, Basically, it's whatever works for them and we provide it for them. Through Culture Tree, Anu has unearthed a sense of purpose that resonates deeply with her roots. While she's the bridge that's helping others connect with their heritage, she also finds herself aligning more closely with her values and beliefs. What I've learned about myself is that I, um, in any, any, um, profession I've uh, worked in or even in my social interactions with my friends and family like I, I'm always the one who wants to um, be the host, be planning be the one who is you know organizing events and getting people together and that that is something that I'm now doing it in my profession um, and I'm doing it from more, more from cultural angle now um, and from families and kids learning about different cultures. But that, that aspect has stayed throughout. Um, I bring people together. I have always done it. But that aspect is something that, you know, I didn't realize it when it was happening, um, even before having this company. But I bring people together and, you know, I enjoy doing it. And I think I'll keep enjoying doing it for the for the next few years also. 
you know, when I was really thinking through what is next for me professionally, I really came back to, um, you know, my experience as a, as a little girl. I, I, when I was a little girl, I was really into teaching. Like, I cannot even tell you. My mom had bought me a blackboard, which we had at our place. And I used to, you know, go through my lessons or my different classes by teaching myself. And I used to pretend to be the teacher teaching this alternate Anu and me learning um, through the teacher. So I really come back to that. I, I do sometimes think if I had followed through this passion for education right from the beginning, um, how would things have been? How would I have evolved? So that's always a question I'm, I'm thinking about um, because that really was my passion right from my childhood. Uh, but at the same time, I, I am um, you know running a business and I couldn't have done it without all the um, focus I had when I was working in finance, when I got my MBA, when I was working in marketing and brand management. So it has helped me, but I do think about the fact, okay, where would I have been had I not done, um, you know, all this and just gone into education, the education field right away. We often find ourselves pondering the what ifs that sprinkle our journey. Yet, as time unfolds, we come to realize that each twist and turn, every serendipity and challenge contributes to our unique and meaningful story. So the next time we find ourselves lost in a maze of what-ifs, let's remember this. The most breathtaking adventure isn't somewhere else. It's right here, in the unfolding story of our own lives. Because ultimately, things have a way of working out as they are meant to. So my hopes for the future are firstly, on a personal level, I do want my kids to be fluent in, um, you know, their heritage language. Uh, in their case, it's Hindi. I want them to be proud of their culture. I want them to love their culture. I want them to tell everyone around them how how much they love their culture, how much they you know, flourish in learning about uh, India in the case of my kids. Um, but at the same time, you know, in general, I, I want the South Asian American kids to learn as much as they can about their heritage countries. Um, and again, you know, just be proud of it. I want kids and families in general to really just take in anything and everything they can about not just South Asian culture, but any culture, any country and uh, any language and really become open-minded, empathetic and tolerant and, um, you know, celebratory about any, any culture that exists in this world. So that is my overarching hope um, uh, for my own company I do want to keep growing. I want to do things that have not been done by any cultural organization in the past. It's not an easy journey, I have to say. It's being an entrepreneur is it can be isolating sometimes. It can be a lot of hard work and a lot of hustle. But my hope is that 
you know, we all learn about each other's cultures in different ways from, you know, very early on. And uh, we are just happy and we all exist, uh, all coexist in this melting pot and are just happy learning about different cultures and countries and different, um, you know, diverse backgrounds. That is my hope. In today's interconnected world, coexisting with people from various cultures isn't a choice. It's simply the way things are. Everyone's got their own cultural spice, a different way of seeing things, special traditions and values that shape them. The more we celebrate these differences, the richer our lives get. But the secret sauce to understanding others? Knowing ourselves, knowing our own stories, what makes us tick, give us better lens to see through, and the empathy and curiosity we need to get along with people from all walks of life. Anu's story is a powerful example of how this journey of self-discovery can blossom into something remarkable. Building a career or a business aligned with one's true passion is a rarity. But discovering that in a field where your culture influences people, shaping their beliefs, values and presence in the world is even more exceptional. With Culture Tree, Anu has found a way to do what she loves, what she's good at, what the world needs and something that she is paid for. One might say she's found her ikigai. So the next time you find yourself stuck in a maze of what-ifs, remember Anu's story. Your own ikigai might just be around the corner. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. Thank you for joining us today. And we hope you'll join us again for our episode next week. We can be found at www.nriwoman.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for NRI Woman. If you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us at hello at nriwoman.com or tweet us at nri underscore woman. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NRI Woman Podcast. Please help us spread the stories of these amazing women by sharing it with your family and friends. You can find the details to connect with the guest in our show notes. NRI Woman episodes come out every Thursday. So make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and be kind.